Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. Before we jump into today's conversation, please take a minute to subscribe to and or follow our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. And if you enjoy the conversation, if you enjoy our content, please leave us a five-star review as we are trying to grow and get our message out to as many audience members as we can. Today, we're back with another episode of Bitcoin and Basketball, and we have special guest Sean Harris jumping on the podcast today. Sean is a hooper playing professionally right now, playing high-level Division One basketball previously, and we are connecting with Sean today to talk about his journey into Bitcoin and why he is so fascinated by it and his overall view on Bitcoin. We jump into many different topics like the macroeconomic view, the philosophy of Bitcoin, mining, many different things. We went a little longer on this episode. We hope you enjoy this conversation and we'll be back with more content very soon. So let's hop right into the conversation today. We are back with the Bitcoin and basketball series within the Youth Hoops pod. We're on episode seven. We've been chatting for a while now. Bitcoin has been rising all along. I actually bought some Bitcoin today, guys, $50 worth, you know, just chugging away at, at getting uh, my my savings of, of the coin up. But excited to be here today because we do have a new guest. Uh, Brendan is here as always. Lee is not in attendance today. If you're out there, Lee, we look forward to we'll talking with him tomorrow. But we do have a special guest on the pod today to bring a whole new perspective. And I'm, I'm really excited to pick his brain and, and learn more a lot more about him. Sean Harris is joining the pod. Sean, welcome in. And you're joining from Spain, correct? What, what are you doing out there in Spain? Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, guys. Uh, Brendan and Christian for having me on. Yeah, I'm in Spain right now. I'm playing uh, playing basketball out here. I'm in the, the Canary Islands, and uh, uh, it's beautiful out here. So uh, enjoying my time, still getting to play, and, and I love it. That's awesome. I don't, I actually, going to be honest, I've never heard of the Canary Islands. Uh, Brendan's much more well-traveled than I am. I'm a decently, I've been to Barcelona, I've been to Spain, um, I've been to Madrid and Barcelona, but I've never heard of that, but it sounds gorgeous. For some reason, it just sounds beautiful. Uh, I do want to plug uh, Sean Harris is at Big Sean Harris, uh, S-E-A-N-H-A-R-R-I-S, Big Sean Harris. Just if you uh, want to give him a follow, that's how uh, Brendan and Sean connected, which we'll get into via Twitter. Um, but OK, that's awesome, Sean. Let, let's kind of dive in a little deeper to that, because a lot of what we do here is we're just basketball players that are interested in Bitcoin and like to talk about it. So on that basketball side, man, what got you all the way out there to Spain, high school, college? What, what was a little bit of your hoops journey like to get you out to those beautiful islands? Yeah, so my basketball background is I, I grew up in Sacramento, California, uh, and I played, you know, I was born and raised out there. I played uh, high school ball out there ended up being the MVP of my league the uh, my senior year getting first team all metro in Sacramento and then uh, I had zero division 1 uh, scholarship offers at a high school I was uh, I was skinny I was young I graduated when I was 17 and so uh, I went to JUCO I went up to JUCO pretty close to Sacramento called Yuba College in Marysville California and uh, I had the the legendary Doug Cornelius and uh, Ken Griffin. They were my coaches up there. They were awesome. And we had a great team. You know, they put together one of the best programs in, as far as JUCOs go in California. 
I ended up getting scholarship offers almost as soon as uh, games started. Uh, so I was starting to get D1 scholarships, started rolling in and it was awesome. And uh, and then I went up, ended up signing at Utah State, uh, went up to Utah nice. State. And uh, right before I went up there, I tore my ACL uh, kind of in the middle of the season, uh, my last season at, at uh, in Juco. And uh, so I was just kind of rehabbing the whole year, that whole summer. And then when I got cleared, I tore my ACL again the first day. Oh. <laughs> so so uh, I kind of had my college career was kind of derailed. Um, but that was just part of the journey. You know, uh, I ended up recovering, getting back healthy. My senior year at Utah State, I ended up, you know, being a player coming off the bench and had a, a role on the team, but it was small. So I really didn't do too much um, in at Utah State as far as basketball. I loved it there, though. I loved the fans, the city. It was just amazing. I'll be an yep. Aggie for life. And uh, and then I had a couple of friends that were playing that had, were my teammates at Utah State that were, you know, going overseas to play. And I still kind of had that itch, you know, because I hadn't played and I was wanting to really play again. And so I went to a showcase in Vegas, some random showcase in Vegas in the summertime. I played extremely well. I was moving the best I had moved ever since the ACLs. And uh, and so then I ended up getting an agent, the guy who was running the camp, and uh, he got me a job down in Columbia and uh and then who's your to, agent by chance uh it was this was a while ago he's not my agent anymore his okay, name was you McKinley, McKinley Bryant was his name I'm not sure okay if you know. no I, I I thought it was another guy we know that uh runs a camp yeah. in Vegas who's an agent I, I, was, I was just I thought yeah. maybe it was a coincidence but. no no yeah there's a lot of them out there I mean he did a good job right because I was a guy who really didn't have much from from high school or from college and then uh but then I started playing and you know I'm sure you know how it goes sometimes you and your agents don't get along it's nothing personal it's just like you feel like business yeah there needs to be a change so uh um but then yeah so I ended up playing in Europe uh and uh, now I'm here in Spain I actually stopped playing for two years um and and I went back and I started working um, worked uh, at this one at this one company. I was working alongside Costco, and then I was working uh, two software companies. And then wow, decided to come back. So well, you got a journey, well, man. You got a journey. Yeah, that that's awesome. That I mean, that that, that first part could just fit in with we, we we also do kind of a series on uh on best like overseas stories. Uh, <laughs> we actually haven't done it in a while because you know everyone's got a great overseas story, but it's like you know we we always have guys on talking about basketball journeys and their overseas stories and stuff. What year did you graduate from Utah State? My last year was twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Okay, and then how long did you play before you stopped for two years? I played for. Uh, I went down to Colombia, then I went to Finland, and then I went to Portugal and Spain. I only played three years, three years, stopped, and then came back. Uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. Why did why, you decide to pick it back up? Uh, because, well, part of it was I had a lot of freedom with Bitcoin, which we'll get into. Uh, and the other part was every day I was working at my job, I it's not that I hated it. I just didn't have the passion for it, you know? And so yeah. 
I kept thinking every every morning, this thing just kept growing inside of me. Like I need to go back and play. I need to go back and play. And so one day I just said, all right, I'm going to go back. And so I did that's it. awesome. That's awesome, man. Beautiful segue there. You mentioned Bitcoin. You know, that's ultimately what we're here to discuss. First of all, amazing journey. Uh, awful double ACL. I, that that's just that's awful, man. But glad glad you bounced back. Um, you sound like a hooper if you've continued to persevere through all that. So um, I'll have to look up some highlights and, and and see the buckets. Bitcoin, right? That's really what we're here talking about. It's this crazy thing that blows my mind week after week every time we do one of these episodes. Um, Brendan, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, first kind of started mentioning Bitcoin to me. Maybe it was two years ago. It was about when I started uh, working here in the office and I, I thought nothing of it. And and now I'm just a full blown believer. I don't know if he's brainwashed me or if it's just good, genuine uh, convincing. But how did you get into Bitcoin, man? Where where did you first hear about it? How did your journey begin on, on this cryptocurrency road? So um, I had I had a problem, right? Uh, then this kind of all coincides with me stopping playing was, first of all, I wasn't really like, I wasn't making a ton of money. And, you know, some guys think that you overseas, it depends, like some guys make a ton of money and some guys don't, you know, and yep, some guys, yep. it just depends, right? So I wasn't making a ton of money. And everything that I did make, I was spending, right? Like, I could not figure out how to save money. I couldn't figure out how to invest any money. I was just kind of lost. So, uh, and then at the same time, uh, it was like in 2017, this Bitcoin things, I, like I heard about it from just randomly, you know, and then I started asking people and no one knew anything about it. And so then I just started to study it like crazy. I'm like, what is this thing? I stayed away from it for a while and just studied mainly like traditional money stuff right and so my my sorry that's all good. good um so my my issue right like i was saying was i i had all the i had this thing where i couldn't figure out how to save i couldn't figure out how to invest money and i was thinking well when i turn 60 or 70 what am i going to do right like i got to figure this out now and so um so I think what I wanted to do was just, okay, let me just figure out this money thing. And so I started reading books. I started listening to podcasts about money. And I think the biggest thing was, there was also another thing that always stuck with me, right? Because I was, I always kind of felt like a little poor. And so, and I had a class in college, a financial class. And the professor on the first day, he said, uh, he, he said, most people who go broke, they go broke because they're financially illiterate. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but it just stuck with me, right? And now I would I would venture to say like 99% of people who go broke, they go broke because they are financially illiterate. And all that means is you need to learn the language of money. You need to learn what money is and you need to learn the rules of the game. It's just like basketball, right? Like if if you don't know that a double dribble is a penalty, that a travel is a penalty, you don't know the rules of the game, you're going to lose the game. And there's rules in life, there's rules in money, and so you got to know the rules of the game to play the game and to win. And so it's the same way with that I look at it with money is you got to understand like the little things. And 
And so the first things that I just picked up, which are just general things about like, okay, money in general, how can I be financially literate? I, I kind of look at it at three different things is one, you got to make money to start being financially illiterate. Two, you have to keep the money that you make, right? And this is kind of like a Grant Cardone thing. This is what he, like something that he had said before, which I picked up on. I pick up on a lot of things that people say. And so, so you got to keep the money that, that you've made, which is called saving. And then once you are able to save, then you have to make that money multiply or make that money work for you. And that will make you more financially literate. And, um, and the reason you have to do that is because there's this thing called inflation. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I'm not sure if you guys want to stop there or talk a little. No, bit I know. I love that. it. I'll jump in because we our whole last conversation uh, on the last episode uh, that just released today uh, was actually a, a league dot dove deep into inflation. And I believe it came out at 6% and, and how in a regular bank, you're not beating out that inflation rate and, and Bitcoin's amazing rate. So uh, yeah, that all makes perfect sense. Brendan, what are your thoughts early um, on what Sean's saying? Man, I was right. I was writing it all down, but a lot of nuggets there. So 2017, now it's, it's interesting because that's when I started learning about it too. Um, do you remember like how you first heard about it or like who told you about it or uh, what was the context around learning about it? Cause, cause I, it doesn't, it's not like it just comes up typically. It just doesn't come up in like random conversations. Right. right. Like that's how, it has to be someone honestly, or something, or maybe it is. I, I had a teammate and he just randomly mentioned Bitcoin and there was this like movie that was out that had like these kids were making money, like selling drugs or something and using Bitcoin to do it. And so I was like, what, what is Bitcoin? You know, like, and they they had no idea what Bitcoin was. It was just kind of like a funny thing. And my mind just, I'm just pretty curious a lot. So I was like, okay, well, what is this thing? And at that same time, I was kind of wondering about, I had these things like, okay, well, I don't understand money at all. And this Bitcoin thing is, you know, they say like that it's kind of like money or something. So I need to, I wanted to study it, you know? So then I just started listening to the podcast. I started reading articles, started reading a bunch of stuff. I had no one in my life who was teaching me what Bitcoin was. I learned everything online. And that was what was awesome about it was it's like today, you don't have to go to college to learn about finance. You don't have to go to college to learn about Bitcoin. You don't have to go to college to learn about inflation or Austrian economics. You can learn all that stuff online. You can buy books. You can listen to podcasts like this podcast right here. Like there's yep. a lot of ways to get information. And, and so it's more on my shoulders. If I want to learn something, I got to hold myself accountable. I can't wait for someone else to, to teach me because likely, the, you know, it's a good chance they don't know. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I don't know if it was this. I actually, it was similar for me. I think I mentioned this last podcast, the one before, but I read the book called American Kingpin, which was about Silk Road. Uh -huh. and, you know, you know, the, the online marketplace on the dark web, people are using Bitcoin. Everyone is using Bitcoin to buy. And like, I was just like, what, what is this thing? And uh, yeah. that, that, that's kind of how I got introduced to it uh, as well and started to buy a little bit then. Um, but I love what you said though. I actually, <laughs> You know, some sometimes we're stretching to find uh, 
you know, Bitcoin and basketball, like analogies or similarities or whatever. But I actually love what you said about like, there are rules to money. And if you don't know the rules, you're going to lose. Then it's just like basketball. Like if you don't know the rules, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to turn it over. You're going to do whatever, like you're mm-hmm. going to lose. So you got to know the rules of money to win, uh, which is really interesting. So I do have a question based on that. So like, how would you answer the question? Like, what is money? Yes, exactly. That's a, I mean, that's, is a, is a great question. And so I think money to me is money is your time and energy, right? That, that is what it is. You decide, we go, Christian, you know, it. <laughs> you, yeah, you decide that your time and that your energy, your life is, if you work a job, you're making $20 an hour, you decide that it's worth those $20 an hour. Now, whatever money you put that energy into it depends on on also on your knowledge about money because you can put it into the dollar and the dollar will continue to inflate and i know you guys talked about inflation on the on the last episode but it might be good to just uh, talk a little bit about it right now no please uh, please dive uh, in please blow my mind some more cuz last last episode <laughs> yeah. was enlightening so take me take me to a new level yeah so so if you look at inflation Inflation is is the silent tax or the silent killer, as I like to put it, because most people don't realize that inflation is happening. They look at their bank account and they say you have $10,000 in your bank account today and you have $10,000 in your bank account next year. You think, OK, well, I have the same amount of money. Uh, that's incorrect. You have the same amount of dollars. But as as more dollars are printed, uh, then that buys you less products and services, goods and services. Um, and then another thing, like I'll say money is being printed. I don't like to use big words because I like to speak right to people. A lot of times when people talk about Bitcoin or money, they try to use fancy words and I try to stay away from that. So I don't speak over anyone's head, you know? And so um, when, we, when I say money is being printed, like something that I didn't know, right? When I was first studying inflation, was that money, it doesn't actually get printed nowadays, right? Like they don't open up the printing press and put paper on there. They just press a button like a direct deposit in your bank account and they create new money out of thin air. And they is the central bank of the United States. And so, which is called the Federal Reserve, the Fed. So the central bank of the United States uh, can with the press of a button, and this is what they're doing is cre- you know, creating trillions of dollars of new money and putting it into the system. And Bitcoin Magazine came out yesterday or a few days ago and said that 40% of, the, of all dollars that have ever been created were created uh, in the last 12 months, in the whole existence Gosh. Of, of since the dollar wow. existed, right? So 40% add that on to inflation, add that on to the money supply. And that's how fast your, your dollar is withering away. And, and I like to think about it like this. So I had a house in Salt Lake City. I was living in Salt Lake City and I bought a house back in 2018 and I sold it. I just sold it this last summer because I plan on being out here in Europe for a little bit longer. And I sold the house and I made about $150,000 on it in two and a half years. And most people are going to think, wow, you're, 
prices are going up, you know, homes are going up, all these things, which is inflation, right? But people look at it and they go, your house went up in price, right? Like the value of your home went up. It's like, okay, did the value of my home actually go up? It's gotten older over the last two years. I haven't added anything to it. You know, nothing is new about my house. Mind blown. And so (laughs) is the value of my house going up or is the value of my dollar losing value and going down, right? So it it went down, the dollar went down $150,000. Like that's how much it had to cover to make up the value that the dollar went down in two and a half years. That's crazy. That's a great analogy. I'm going to pause you right there because that is a great analogy. Um, I am in a townhome right now. I was looking to buy a house like six months ago, by the way, Sean. I'm not, I'm not currently uh, because of uh, I saw I didn't really. I mean, dude, six months ago, we hadn't recorded one of these podcast episodes yet. I was significantly less uh, um, uh, literate in money than I am because of doing these these conversations. And I didn't I wasn't even aware of the inflation rate. But boy, did I see that something was crazy and that these houses were costing a ridiculous amount of money uh, for the for the property value. So I I love that you bring up that analogy. But I want to touch on your your pinned tweet, Sean, your top pin tweet says Bitcoin is humanity's greatest invention with Bitcoin came the discovery of true scarcity. I, I, I mean, that's what you're getting at when you're referring to printing dollars over and over and over again. And the beauty of, of Bitcoin being a fixed supply and, and no one can come in and drop another 20 million Bitcoin in the, in the system. Right. Exactly. And, and that's the, that's the, the issue with, with central banks, right? Central banks, uh, there are a few people that are in charge of everyone and there's no set rules, right? The, the rules change and they continue to change and they will continue to change. So they can print money and they will continue to print money because at this point, um, they're, they're printing money to pay off old debt. And as you pay off that old debt, then you have to print newer money to pay off the debt you just printed up. And then you have to, it's just a cycle that grows bigger yeah. and bigger and and it accelerates it doesn't just go it doesn't just go in in a line it goes in a parabola and so that i think that's what a lot of people don't understand so going to okay well what is you know scarcity if you look at the history of money in general and this is a thing that safe dean he's the guy who wrote uh the bitcoin standard which is a great book i think it's a book that most people should read if you're just starting into bitcoin uh he talks a lot about the history of money and he talks about how, you know, over the years, uh, money has been, you know, has been glass beads. It's been cattle. It's been limestone. It's been all these different things, but humans, we gravitate towards the hardest money or money that is impossible or very difficult to make or to counterfeit. And so, uh, and, and so that's why historically gold had been money from all yep. different, all different countries, different civilizations had gravitated towards gold because it was a money that was, that was very, it was extremely hard to create. You had to actually work. You had to mine the gold. You couldn't just print it on pieces of paper. And so, and so that made it nearly impossible to counterfeit. So then you go back and you go, okay, well, what, so, okay, that's, a property of money that makes money good. Uh, there's a guy named Robert Breedlove who's also pretty popular in like the philosophy of money. 
And he kind of puts down five things. And I love these five things about, you know, what would make a desirable money? Because when we think about money, right? And, and Brendan, you asked, what is money? People, most people say, well, the money, like if you live in the United States, money is the dollar because you grew up with a dollar and that, that's, that's it. It's like, this is, it's the dollar and that's what money is. No one thinks to go from first principles, you got to go a step further back. Of, yeah, what okay, are the properties, right? Uh-huh, like, well, why, why is the dollar money? Why did it become money? Why do we all agree on it? Why was gold money before the dollar? And I got, hey, I got to jump in. I got to jump in because the, I swear this, this, what we are discussing right here was the moment that I really opened my mind to Bitcoin. I, I, I was, I called Lee, our, our mm-hmm. other guest on here, and we probably talked for 30 minutes. This was uh, uh, maybe a year ago. And man, he finally got it to click because I, I think I was asking Brendan too. I heard a lot of people saying like, you can't buy anything with Bitcoin. So I was like, what, what is a Bitcoin? I don't understand. I don't understand why it has worth. And then I started to think, well, why does a diamond have worth? I don't know. There was not a price tag on diamond, but all humans for some reason agreed, ooh, this is valuable. And there's not a lot of them. So we're going to make them really, really, we're going to make it cost a lot in whatever form of currency we're using, whether that be 12 cows or $12, whatever the currency is. So when it hit me that Bitcoin doesn't, and it could be a directly tradable currency, but that it's just something that everyone is agreeing is valuable, mainly due to the fact that it can't be over uh, saturated or inflated, that that is what began to make me see, oh my gosh, this is just a valuable that we all agree upon. And it's getting more valuable because everyone is day after day agreeing it's more and more valuable right i mean that's that's the overarching concept correct exactly and, and more people will understand and and what's going to make people understand is there's going to be two things that happen simultaneously one is you're going to see inflation and you're going to feel inflation right normally inflation has been this silent tax but you don't feel it and it's a slow killer you don't realize it's killing you uh but if you go to a country like Argentina, a country like Venezuela, it's not very silent when, when it's happening fast. When you go to the store one week, you go back the next week and prices you know, have gone up 50%, you feel that. And yep. your wages, and wages don't increase nearly as quickly as, as prices do. Or in other words, the dollar or whatever government currency that you have, whether it's the dollar, the euro, the yen, the Argentine peso, the Bolivar, whatever it is, it is losing value faster than, than the goods and services, you know, and so it's losing value faster than your wages can keep up with it. And so there's nothing that you can do if you keep your wealth in your government currency. So kind of going back to scarcity, right? And going back to, well, what is money? What is a good, what are, what would be good properties of money? And I'm not sure if you guys have talked with Lee about this, but there's kind of five things that I like to look at and five things that make sense to me, which is, you know, you want money that's divisible, that can break down. So like the dollar, you know, it breaks down into quarters, dimes, nickels, pennies. You want something that's divisible. You want something that's durable, that will last for years. You know, if you wash it in your jeans, you're still, it won't just deteriorate. Uh, you want something that's portable, something that like you don't have to, like if you had cattle as your money, it would be pretty hard to send that from California to New York. You know, it's, it's going to cost you a lot to do that. Um, 
And then you want it to be recognizable that like, hey, if I send you Bitcoin, you agree, I agree, we can verify that this is Bitcoin. And then the last thing, and probably the most important thing is you want it to be scarce. And this is Bitcoin's like, this is what makes Bitcoin amazing. And it's the first time that we've ever had something that is completely and verifi verifiably scarce. And there's 21 million Bitcoin. There will never be any more Bitcoin than 21 million. And I think that's what kind of blows people's minds is when they hear that, they almost can't believe it, right? It's digital. It's on computers. You can copy and paste and make more. And the truth is you can't. <laughs> you can't make more. Everyone's in consensus and everyone's incentivized to be in agreement that there will be 21 million Bitcoin and there won't be any more, any more made. And so if you look at those five principles of money, of what makes a good money money, right? And that's why like glass beads don't work. You can counterfeit those. Cattle, it really doesn't work. Paper money, like the dollar, the euro, it, it's not scarce. There's an abundance of it. And so, um, and, and so that's what kills, that's what really hurts people is when inflation hits. And so I think that's why Bitcoin is, to me, is the greatest invention of, of our generation. And, uh, and as people recognize what it is, then more people will gravitate towards it, just like they've done in, in the past. In history, yep. people gravitated towards the hardest, the sound, soundest money. And they will continue to do that because you, it's just something that's biological inside of you that you will gravitate towards the, the hardest money. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> and, and, and we've talked about that a bit before. And that, and that was like, that was actually very similar to me is what, when I started learning about like Bitcoin and then I got, I went down the rabbit hole of like, what is money? And you had those properties. What really hit me was like, that's why Bitcoin is the best money of all time. And that's why it's better than gold. You hear it compared to gold all the time. People call it digital gold, but it's better than gold because it's more portable. It's uh, more scarce, right? It's got all those properties that you just listen. And it's, it's, it, it's better than gold in every sense. Um, and so it's like, uh, it, it can be like, you know, 10x or more better than gold. Um, and I think gold's at like a $10 trillion market cap. And right now, Bitcoin's at a $1 trillion, So um, yeah, gold it, and gold is the, the gold market cap is the first step, you know, like that's that's what I mean. It's, it's 10x two gold. Right. But it could be like 100x better than that. <laughs> and it will be. And, it, and, you know, and that's just like it's like when when Netflix overtook Blockbuster, it didn't just become as popular as Blockbuster was. It became way bigger than Blockbuster ever thought of being. And and yeah. it's, and. Bitcoin is no net. Bitcoin is way better than a Netflix. It's better than an Apple. It's better than an Amazon. This is not like a stock that you can just miss out on and be yep. okay with it. This is the fraying of the US dollar, hyperinflation, and no one wants to admit it or say it. And it's like taboo to say hyperinflation. Um, but you have to admit what's going on. You can't just deny what's, what's happening. And so, uh, it's it's the fraying of the dollar and the euro and all other currencies around the world and this paradigm shift a, re a renaissance a change of of easy money into hard money which is bitcoin yeah, hey sean let me um let me ask you something so you, you you said you started to learn about it in 2017 it's now 
2021 going on 2022, very close to 22. So what, what's kind of the cliff notes version of your journey from 2017 till now? Like, you know, you kind of mentioned where you started, um, but then what's happened in between then and now and kind of where, where are you at now? With yeah, so so there's a book that I read, which a lot of people read that are going down like the money financial rabbit hole, which is called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I kept mm-hmm. hearing about that book over and over again. And uh, so that's why I bought my that's why I bought a house. Right. I bought my house because I was like, OK, I can buy a house. I can have some, you know, some buddies move in and I'll live for free. And each of them will pay, you know, a couple hundred, a few hundred bucks a month on rent. And then, uh, and then the price will go up and up, or I can have renters live in there or whatever. And so I was slowly learning about that. And then when I bought the house and I was looking at 2008 and I'm like, well, the global financial crisis happened and that was like the housing crisis. Why did that happen? You know? So then I'm trying to figure out these, I'm trying to figure out like patterns in money. And, uh, there's this, there's this 30 minute YouTube clip by Ray Dalio called uh, how the economic machine works. And he kind of explains like this boom bust cycle uh, over the years. There's like short term cycles that are ingrained into longer cycles. And so I just kind of started studying all about money and I don't kind I didn't want to get left out to dry buying a bunch of real estate or buying other things. Um, the good thing was that Robert Kiyosaki, he's the writer, he's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He talked about like, don't, he's like, don't get a 401k. And then I listened to another guy named Grant Cardone. He was saying the same thing. He's like, I've never seen a millionaire say I got rich off my 401k, <laughs> you know? And so I, that's a great I, point. You Peter Thiel so- might've changed the game though recently. We'll yeah. See, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens there. He might've had a little, uh, insider. I don't know how he did it. I feel like most people wouldn't be able to do what he did. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I, I, I man, agree. Hey, I, although I am going to say uh, I use choice now and I see I know choice is one of your followers uh, choice. The uh, like the uh, you can put Bitcoin in your yeah. um, I guess it's not a 401k. I think it's an IRA, but um, yeah. yeah, and there's a lot but, of those. But that's a great thing to do, I think. Tax free Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, you know, and so I kind of just I. I kind of like was already being a contrarian, right? I was like, everyone that I worked with was putting their 401k in. And they're like, you got to use your 401k. Like it's got the 6% match from the company. Like you have to at least do that much. And I was like, no, I can make more money doing it myself. I'm not going to pay fees to some, to some financial advisor. I'm, I'm just going to figure this out, you know? And so I was already kind of like a contrarian. Which was which is good if you're gonna be getting into Bitcoin, you know, man. Yeah. No, I'm interrupting you. I just think that's crazy. Like, I I think you're opening a whole nother layer in my mind of what Bitcoin means. Like, I didn't even think of like the layer of a 401k and a financial advisor. And like, that is the freedom of Bitcoin. Is you don't need. Yeah, you don't need a middleman. Yeah, like, and I, and I get that. And you know, we started episode one with you're your own bank, but yeah. Sean, I just had to illuminate. That's a whole nother layer I wasn't even thinking about of just what what Bitcoin means. And and even as you were talking, for some reason, I had another thought of I, I posed the question maybe on episode two, like, okay, well, there's only a limited amount of Bitcoin, so like, could this ever really be 
the currency that we use like uh and now i even get it more like yes because one bitcoin could keep raising but it's divisible so satoshi's values would keep raising and maybe you only get paid in you know x amount of satoshis or something one day maybe that's really how we're moving and and on that note sean we actually announced today you may have seen a little pay me in bitcoin initiative here at psb so we can get a portion of our pay in bitcoin but um, yeah, I just, I'll throw it back over to you to continue your thought, but it, it just continuing to open my eyes to the layers of the financial freedom that Bitcoin really does provide. Yeah. You, and, and just like what you're saying, Bitcoin can, uh, I mean, think about this. There's 21 million Bitcoin, right? There's almost 8 billion people on the earth. Like having one Bitcoin is an insane feat. Because like yeah, people yeah, think oh, yeah. having one Bitcoin is not that crazy. If you have one Bitcoin and there's eight, there's 21 million people and there's eight or 21 million Bitcoin, 8 billion people. So that's going to be worth a ton of money. All the value You're right. sucked into 21 million and it can. And, and the difference is, and this is why in Bitcoiners, we say one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Because it'll always be one Bitcoin over 21 million. The denominator will never change. And with the dollar, it's one dollar over, you know, who how, no one knows. No one knows what the denominator <laughs> yeah. And it constantly changes. And so I think that's, yeah. you know, that's the difference. And, and that's like the inflation, like what we were talking earlier. They said 6.2% is the inflation for the last 12 months. That's the official numbers, right? But saying 6.2% is inflation, it, that's like saying the temperature in the United States for the last 12 months has been 65 degrees. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, well, where has it been 65 degrees? On what days has it been 65 degrees? You know, uh, like, has it been 100 degrees? Has it been 30 degrees? And so it's like the same way. Inflation is not just as like this blanket that you put over on every single item. It's like, okay, well, in housing, is it more than 6.2? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, what about in Miami? What about in Iowa? What about, uh, you know, for higher education? What about in certain times of the year? So like, there's all these things that come into play and inflation isn't just some little blanket that you can say it's this number. And some people feel inflation more than others. What I see is, that inflation had has been hidden uh, for the last 10 years or so in assets like homes, stocks, different things like that. And I'm not sure if you guys have covered this already with the last episode with Lee. Um, Sounds unfamiliar to me. So, and, and so it's been hidden in those areas. And that's why you're seeing like most people are getting priced out of homes now. Most people are getting priced out of stocks. And so it's getting to the point where uh, where people won't be able to even own any assets and everything will be owned by by the central bank of the United States or by whoever they lend easy money to. And so as that happens, your only choice is to save in the dollar as inflation is is going crazy. And so this is the perfect time for Bitcoin. It's it's at the exact same time that inflation is going crazy. You can't really protect your wealth in real estate. It's getting harder to protect your wealth in stocks. And where can you turn to? And this is this is the this is the there's nothing out there like Bitcoin. There's no altcoins. There's no NFTs. 
all of those are going trending to zero in Bitcoin terms. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that Bitcoin was created as a response to inflation, you know, as a response to the corrupt inflation of central banks. It wasn't created to trade. It wasn't created to, you know, to flip and take profits. It was created as a base layer of money and, and to be hard money and to end certain corruption with inflation from central banks. Sean, what kind of conversations are you having with your, because I'd imagine you have quite a bit, you're like me, like there's kind of a joke within pro skills and even like my group of friends is like, oh, here he goes again. He's going to start talking about Bitcoin or whatever. And I like sort of try not. Yeah, I I love, I do too, which that's why we created the podcast. It's like, I needed like some therapy sessions or something so that I didn't just drive, (laughs) drive everyone else crazy. He dragged me into this, Sean. I'm (laughs) being held captive. You will be weekly basis. forever. Christian will be thankful forever. Yeah. I but, will. So like, oh, I will. One day we're going to be having a drink 25, 30 years from now. We'll be like, Bitcoin. <laughs> what, um, what kind of conversations are you having with, you know, like specifically your teammates or, or your former basketball teammates, maybe former college teammates and things like that? Um, like, are, are they, <clears throat> are they receptive to this or do they, you know, kind of push back? Do they make you feel a little bit crazy? uh what is that like so i first started really buying in 2019 um and you know that's when i started telling people about bitcoin i couldn't speak about bitcoin like i can now i knew what it was i i understood it but i couldn't articulate it you know and i hear that man (laughs) (laughs) i hear that I, i i had some tough conversations early on and it was like felt like my brain was broken i was like i i know i get this i know i get this in my head but i'm not able to like i just started going like left right you know this way that way and i was like i cannot coherently speak about this and that's another reason why Mm -hmm. i wanted to start this and talk about is like so i could like make myself have to speak about it more but sorry to interrupt go ahead but i I felt i felt first get in like that's how you're like you're like, yeah, I bought it. I believe in it. I think this thing's going like at that time in 2019, I was like, this is going to a million dollars. Now I'm like, this is going much further than that. Like a million dollars is just another, that's just another notch. Um, but so when I first bought, you know, yeah, like I'm everyone, I'm sure my family, my friends, I'm sure they thought that I was a little crazy or gambling or whatever, you know, which is perfectly fine because I couldn't really explain it and they didn't know what it was. So there's not, it's not like I blame them for thinking that or whatever, maybe, and maybe there's some people that are like, well, I'm sure I had friends and family that are like, well, I hope this works out for him because there's people that love me too, you know? And so, um, but like recently, as I've been able to articulate it better, uh, the more people I talk to it, and especially after like, before COVID hit, it was extremely hard to get people to understand. And then COVID hit. And then it's like, okay, we're printing $2 trillion. We're printing $4 trillion, You know, and then it's like, did just look at the inflation because before the inflation was hidden, you know, it's like they were printing hundreds of billions of dollars back in, in like September, October of 2019. It just wasn't on the front page of the news. And no one was getting these stimulus checks into their bank accounts which is just a bribe for, you know, the stimulus checks is like 10% of 
all the money that's getting printed. And then the 90% goes to goes to the millionaire, the billionaire class, the Cantillon effect, which I know that's a big word. And we will, you know, I'm sure you guys will explain that later on, or people can Google that. Um, but really nowadays, I'm just talking to guys, I'm talking to them about inflation. A lot of my friends have bought Bitcoin. Uh, a lot of my family members have bought Bitcoin. Guys this year on my team are buying Bitcoin. My coach is asking me about Bitcoin. Um, everyone's asking me. And so, and that's what happens, right? When number go up, when, like when the price of Bitcoin goes up, FOMO. people, yeah, people start to go, well, maybe this actually does have something behind it. You know, maybe there is something real to this. And so I think that's, that's the difference is it takes some time and it takes me time to be able to, to explain it. And I think that's part of my job, right? Like if I understand it and I realize that most, and this is, I've tweeted this out yesterday, like why don't most people don't ever study money finance, but they work their whole lives to get the money. They just never study about it. And that's like yeah. what we were talking about at the beginning, the whole financial literacy thing. And so or they like, or they think they know it because like, you know, like what used to work doesn't yeah. work anymore. Like the whole thing, like, oh, you have to own your own house because it's a great yeah. investment. Well, yeah, that's because our parents could buy a whole house for fifty thousand dollars. And now that's <laughs> just now that's just the down payment. Right. Yeah. And so it's like but so like we're just being lied to or maybe unintentionally. Maybe it's not as uh, as bad as that. Maybe it's just people just are lazy and, and, and repeating the same stuff they heard from the generation before them, which just it's, it's out of date. It doesn't work anymore. I, I yes, want to jump in on that because that's that's what I thought when you said the 401k thing. I was like, oh, I've heard my dad talk about his 401k and mention it to me and putting money in your 401k. And now I'm thinking what you guys are thinking, like, eh, maybe that worked for you. Maybe that was good at one point. But it's evident now that those things are not becoming as feasible or there is a much, much better option. Yeah. And I think like I am no like I'm no expert. I'm just a regular guy who studied money for the last four years. Right. Like. I've put in a lot of work to study and that's all I'm saying, right? Like my goal for this is to come on, talk to you guys, everyone who listens, right? Like do the work. Like you don't think that, oh, you can't understand money because no one in your family understands it. Like you can go on Google, you can listen to podcasts, you can start reading books. It's only going to take you to about two or three months to really get started and then you and you're not going to see the effects right away. And and that's like it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not high high time preference. It's low time preference. It's a get rich for sure. And this is the difference between Bitcoin and any of these other things. And it actually is something real. It's something of substance. It's the hardest money ever created. And I think that's like is the difference is you know you don't have to trust me or or brendan or christian it's like anyone can do their own research do your own research and they and should right and they don't should trust because... verify is what uh what the saying is right in the yeah, Bitcoin community. Verify. <laughs> exactly and sean yeah. I, what, what you just said there it's not a get rich uh quick scheme i think leo says it's not a get rich quick scheme it's a don't get poor slow scheme Yes. That's, what, that's what they always says. And and so as, as we round out the conversation here, we've been chatting for a while and it's been awesome. Um, my final thought, then, Brendan, I'll let it throw to you is 
on that note of it's a get don't get poor slow scheme we we kind of talk at the very end i always make this ongoing joke next episode you guys got to convince me not to put every dollar i own into bitcoin and they're like no don't do that yet you you only want to acquire you you it's a slow acquisition of this, of this, of the coin, of this currency. Where are you at on that? On people going all in or, or slowly kind of ticking at it? What, what are your just personal thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's, I am all in. I sold my house and put all that in too. Um, so I'm all in. I am very confident in what Bitcoin's done because of the history of, of what is, I'm on that, you know, I, I agree with like the Michael Saylors, right? Who is all in. And I think like, it just depends on each person's situation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the more, the more you study, the more conviction you have. The more conviction you have, the more you're gonna put in. And the difference is like your age too. You're young, so there's, there's way less harm. Like I'm 32 like if I lose all my money, it's not a big deal. If I'm 70 and I lose all my money, that's a big deal, you know, because there's just not a lot of working years left in my life. So that's what I would say is, you know, every situation is different. Uh, I always tell my friends, try to get at least one coin, try to get at least one. If you can get one, get it. And then from there, then just try to DCA after that, you know, Hey, wait, so really quick to clarify, that means like right now, if you went to the grocery store to buy something, you would need to exchange your Bitcoin into the local currency and then buy it. I ha- So I'm all in. I'm not on zero fiat yet. I'm all in. That's and what that I- would be considered. Someone that does that zero fiat. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the term in the Bitcoin world, zero fiat. OK, um, okay. I'm not on zero fiat. Uh, I don't plan. There's some people who really are about zero fiat. I just keep like a little bit of euros or dollars or whatever i'm in spain right now um so i can just pay my pay my monthly bills and stuff yep yep, everything else everything else is in bitcoin okay yeah interesting and 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 just to clarify there uh christian you know even though sean is all in which i'm i'm in the same boat like i'm all in i i you know but we didn't go all in at one single time right like it was like he said dca dollar cost averaging and that's the cool thing about what we're doing with Strike is Strike allows for auto dollar cost averaging with no fee. So it's every two weeks you get a paycheck, boom, X percent is yeah. buying in Bitcoin. Next two weeks, boom. So it's like the volatility up and down doesn't matter in the short term uh, because over the long term, it's just volatile to the upside. But you've purchased at all sorts of different prices. So it's like it all averages out um, and yeah. like it's called dollar cost averages out. So yep. um, I, I, I want to also follow up on what Sean said before about everyone should do the work and learn on their own. And one of the best places to do that is Twitter. I mean, Bitcoin Twitter is an amazing place. Uh, And that's how, so that's how Sean and I got connected. Now we're doing this podcast together. Cause like, I don't know what happened, Sean, you might know what it was, but you were in some sort of viral Twitter thread or something that happened a couple weeks back. And I think I saw your, your, your picture and or maybe you tweeted something about basketball. And I was like, so that always intrigues me. I'm like, Oh, a, a, a basketball Bitcoin guy. So I, I clicked yeah. on you and then I started, but like your responses were amazing. Like, first of all, everyone go follow Sean on, on Twitter, big Sean Harris, like you crush it with the memes and the, the gifts and all that sort of stuff. Like it's, you're a great follow, but on the note of like learning about Bitcoin, 
I was looking at like, I mean, you don't have, you have a good amount of followers, not a ton, like, you know, 4,000 or 5,000 or something, but man, the quality of some of the, the followers you have, like I'm looking at, at some of them, like Dennis Porter follows you fold follows you fold is a great app. I earn a bunch of sats through that. I think Christian, you do too. Bitcoin lightning network, TBT, Preston Pish, uh, Bitcoin magazine, Robert Breedlove. That dude is like, Lee yeah. loves that guy because he, I forget what he calls him, something brain. I don't, I don't remember what it is, but I, I love, I love Robert's stuff. You have Michael Saylor following you. Like what, <laughs> what in the hell? Like that guy is maybe the greatest guy of all choice who I mentioned. You got Bitcoin Zay, who I talk about all the time on here, Christian, Alex Gladstein, who he does like Christian, you've heard me go kind of in on the human rights uh, side of Bitcoin. Yep. Like Alex Gladstein is like, he works for the human rights foundation. Uh, and then Samson Mao, like you, you have some like elite Bitcoiners following you. Uh, that that is that's amazing so, stuff. But everyone should go follow those guys, and then you can learn on on Twitter. We have uh, so I don't know if you guys even know this. So the Laser Eyes meme was started. So there's a group called the Meme Factory, right? <laughs> and which doesn't exist, may or may not exist. That's what we always. Do. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, we were the ones who started the uh, the laser eyes memes. Ah, let's go. That's what Tom Brady did, Christian. If 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 you remember yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like nine of us or ten of us, and we started doing it, and we got some notoriety in the in the Bitcoin world. And uh, and then recently, we've started our own podcast as well and stuff. And oh, you did? Yeah. And so, yeah, like we. What had, is it? Shout it out here. Yeah, yeah. Please shout it out. The, the Meme Factory podcast, we go live every uh, every Thursday night at 7.30 on YouTube. And then you can also look us up on Apple or uh, Spotify. But we've had Preston Pish on. We've had Alex Gladstein. We had Greg Foss. Um, and like we're, we we get uh, Michael Saylor's Amazing. coming on. Michael Saylor's coming on. What? That guy is the one that really changed it for me. I think Pomp was great for me because he, the way he's able to explain it is like just so simple. Yeah. And that, but Michael Saylor, man, like some of the way, like he, the way he describes some of this stuff is like, he puts it in a way I've never heard it before, but is also just like, it'll like click and I'll be like, Oh, I, I totally get that now. And it's yeah. like, that's yeah. amazing, man. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. And, and like, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but those guys are just like some of these guys are these smart, like these smartest people in the world. That's kind of how I look at them. Like we're getting some of the guests and these people know so much. And I just get to sit back and, and relax and talk to them and hang out with some of my friends that we meme and we joke around with or some average dudes and we get to have a blast doing it. And I think that's more. It's just so much fun. And it's crazy how connected you can be through Twitter and through ideas and, and through knowledge. And, you know, and that's part of it, right. Is like, don't be afraid to go on this journey. I think a lot of people are afraid because it's something new. It's intimidating, uh, right? Yeah. Just like, just be willing to go on it. You're not too late. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot bigger price for Bitcoin. Um, you may get one Bitcoin. You may never get one Bitcoin. But at least make the change today. Buy fifty dollars. Gather up fifty dollars worth of it, like you know, like Christian did. Buy fifty dollars. I, I woke up feeling dangerous, baby. Woke yeah. up and just said, "Boom, 50. 
I did a little smash buy today. I did a $40 smash buy extra. And, then and uh, but it's just fun, you know, and if you can put together more money, if you got more conviction, go for it. Like this, this is the time They're, Like you're not going to get smarter because you get older. You're going to get smarter because you do the work and because you're studying and you're going to learn more about money. You're going to be fluent in the language of money. Uh, the more you study and there's no better way to study than to have some skin in the game. And that's what I, that's why I think put a little bit of money on the line. If you're, if you're that worried and something that's, that's pretty immaterial for you, that's not too much and that you won't, you'll still be able to sleep at night. And, and then after that, then just put a little bit, a little more in and start studying and doing the work and little, and it'll make a ton of sense what's going on. You'll be able to see everything that's going on really well. Yeah. Sean, um, Christian, real quick, before we end it, um, our, our Denver director, uh, one of the guys who was kind of the, an, an OG with pro skills, he played in Spain for six years. Um, his, his whole professional career, a guy named Ross Schrader, but Ross and I and my wife, and maybe one or two other people are coming over to Spain in September think we're gonna hit barcelona madrid and, and and one or two other spots man but i'm, I'm gonna hit you up and uh yeah. i don't know if we'll be able to make it to the canary islands even though they look amazing yeah. uh but shoot man we'll uh we'll see what's going on and yeah, maybe I, mean, I can meet you meet you over in spain dude yeah my, i mean my contract is only through this year so who knows where i'll be uh i'll be somewhere in europe next year but may or may not be in the canary islands so we'll, we'll yeah. definitely yeah. hit me up when you come Love out it. to you and we'll see if we can get together cool. Love yeah, it, yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, Sean, we, re we really enjoy you being on here today. We kept you for a while. This is a two-parter. We're going to have to chop this one in half and, and give the people this. Uh, they're going to have to anticipate the second episode, but really enjoy you coming on again. Please give him a follow at Big Sean Harris and uh, at, at the Meme Factory podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, the Meme Factory podcast. You can just on YouTube or on uh, Spotify or Apple. Yeah, perfect. So we'll be sure to plug all that. Give him a follow. Uh, if you are listening as a part of our audience or or not, please give us a follow at Pro Skills Basketball on Instagram and Facebook and at Pro Skills B-Ball on Twitter. Uh, we have podcasts coming out weekly. Sean, Brendan, thank you. I'm going to buy more Bitcoin. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks again. It's a pleasure. <laughs>